the 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 money from the IMF. The, the, so the, in the, December mm -hmm. 2022, this is 2022 or 2023. Yeah, was highest. It was the highest. And then it started around dropping a bit. percent. It started mm -hmm. dropping when mm -hmm. we had the money somewhere around May. Yeah, May 2023. You could see it started, you know, stabilizing. Then all of a sudden, it drops. Seen a significant mm -hmm. drop in inflation to now 23.2 percent. Okay. And so, yeah. a lot of factors. We are hoping that this, if it's approved today yeah. or tonight, and we get the money in the next three working days, we should see some of these economic mm. indicators also, you know, tagging along okay. and improving. So, it, it sort of fulfills the keys that you brought earlier before that you said yeah. when the IMF money gets into your economy, economy, certain things have to react. Absolutely. Your inflation, your depreciation. Hello? Your yeah, reserve, and then we we yeah, see the two in the reserve also responding positively. Yeah. Let's bring in uh, Professor John Gachi again, Prof. So you've seen what Kofi has done there. You've seen how the IMF money is impacting on the economy. Is this what we expect to be sustained, or you think that something might change? Can you hear me? Well, is it to so, me? Oh, great. Yes, Prof. So I wanted to find a final from you. I mean, you've seen what uh, uh, Kofi presented, uh, that when the IMF money gets into an economy, certain things react. And we've seen some positives. I mean, depreciation of the city has stabilized in a way. We've seen inflation dropping. We are now about to receive some $600 million. And I'm, I'm asking from you, because you really do understand these things. Do you foresee these performances to be maintained or uh, you think that something may probably change with this coming in? Well, well I think going forward, we further expect uh, that this uh, drop in inflation and uh, stability of the currency, though at a very high level, uh, will also begin to affect um, policy rates and the interest rate environment. So it will carry along with it uh, some kind of moderation of uh, the pressure for businesses, uh, pressure for the business environment. Mm. That will be added on as uh, the benefit of the IMF engagement. Okay. Mm. Now, always, I, I want to look at it in terms of what it means to the ordinary Ghanaian. I mean, what what I mean, what we see happening with inflation, with depreciation of the city, and this coming in. If I want to understand how it impacts my life, I, I, how should I see it? I mean, these are what the data is showing. But in real life? Well, I, I'm not sure uh, unemployment will reduce by a big margin because we have engaged the IMF. Uh, I'm not sure... Uh, the business environment will improve by a great margin because we have um, uh, engaged the IMF. But those things that will uh, affect the individual uh, at the micro level uh, will have to uh, do with the policy benefits that trickle down to, to them. Mm. And that is the thing we always uh, ask. Uh, so it depends on the government how to make use of other uh, development financing to propel the economy to benefit the people. Uh, for example, the 300 million that is coming from the World Bank, 
uh, what developmental uh, uh, projects are we going to invest them in in order to impact on jobs, in order to impact on poverty alleviation, in order to impact on the, the climate for doing business. Mm. Those are the things that will uh, affect the individuals. That Those are the things that will affect uh, households. Those are the things that will make sure that the IMF program is actually beneficial to the ordinary person and not for micro, uh, just for macroeconomic indicators uh, are sick. Okay, interesting. I'll come back to you, but uh, let me cross over to the ground because uh, Joy Business Editor, George Rafi, who has really been at the forefront of all of these Ghana's negotiation with the IMF, is at the, news, the, the grounds where the, this joint press conference will be happening. And George is joining us uh, via phone. Now, George, grateful. You've been there. What can you tell us is, is happening there? George, if, if you are with me, I want to find out from you. You've, you've been on the grounds where this is going to happen. We are expecting to know what the IMF and the, uh, the I mean, Bank of Ghana Ministry of Finance have to tell us. What do you, would you tell us? What can you report for us? I think we lost uh, George there, but you, you had proof there. I mean, in all of this, what matters is how the person on, you know, selling in, in, a, in a macular market, what the person selling in a grand quantum market will benefit from this. And he explains that, that yeah. it has to come from the monetary uh, po- yeah. policy rate as well. So when can we see this translate into the monet- monetary policy rate so that it can affect you and I? Well, so in economics, right, so you have the macro level and the micro level. The micro level is what you and I, if it affects our lives. Mm-hmm. At the macro level, there always is for government. I mean, the big figures, the inflation rate, the unemployment rate, and all the other indicators are for government. Mm-hmm. But at the macro level, the ordinary Ghanaian wants to be able to afford electricity. Mm-hmm. But currently, you know, you know, the IMF 600 million is coming in but the ordinary Ghanaian is being taxed to pay a VAT of 15%. You get it. And in 2020, when COVID broke and we were all under lockdown, government came in to spend about 1 billion Ghana cities to provide free electricity to those who fell below, within the lifeline. Mm-hmm. About 50% of bills were paid for those who are above the lifeline. Mm-hmm. Then in 2021, what we saw was that government then started introducing taxes like COVID-19 recovery levy, levy, Mm -hmm. which was on consumption, going to affect the same people that we tried to save in 2020. In 2022, what we saw was that government started now to talk about, you know, tariff adjustment, quarterly tariff adjustment, you know, where in 2023 we saw tariffs going up more than somehow about three times, the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It was in the fourth quarter that we saw the reduction. Mm. Because the, the, the argument was that we weren't paying realistic tariffs, and that, mm-hmm. that was what affected the sort of revenues that we needed to, yeah. to, to stabilize the energy sector. I mean, but and, and that happened. Yeah, that, yeah. That people came. were also talking about mm-hmm. the fact that we already had these revenue measures or mm-hmm. mechanisms they, we call them the special purpose vehicles, the, the um, you know, ESLA mm-hmm. and all those energy sector levies were introduced for these purposes. Yeah. But it's perceived that most of this, uh, you know, even the ESLA was part of the domestic debt exchange program. Mm-hmm. It means that something that must be 
a, you know, a, a mechanism or a special purpose vehicle that will bring in liquidity to pay debt, is now actually in trouble, can't mm -hmm. even pay the monies that people, the bonds that people bought from that same bracket. So it became, you know, a challenge. Yes. So when you talk about all of these macro indicators, they look like textbook indicators mm. unless they begin to trickle down to the ordinary Ghanaian. So the business person out there doesn't really believe in the 23.2% inflation because yeah. they want to map a lower inflation to lower cost of borrowing. Okay. But the reason why we can't map it right now is because you have your government still in the capital space borrowing so much from the domestic markets and attracting monies with high interest around 30%. Mm. So if government is paying 30% and all the banks, like the Bank of Ghana reports show, that all the commercial banks are now willing to borrow to the government. So when they have the money, they want to invest into the short-term government T-bills, and they leave the private person out there. So if you're a private business person and you go to the bank to borrow, your government is borrowing at 30%, you would have to pay a certain mark on it. Mm. So 31%, 33%. So until we start seeing the inflation rate coming down mm. or mapping inflation rate to the uh, policy rate and also the private person also enjoying to borrow around maybe 23% or 25%, until that time, we will not see the effect at the macro level. We will only be talking about macro, the textbook. 25% is still high. Yeah. Still very high. Because if inflation is around 23%, of course, we should, we should be doing mm -hmm. something around that. Yeah, but the reason why we can't do that is government is in the space. So government takes that decision? To, I mean, to borrow, borrow at, a lesser, at a lesser rate. Government happen. cannot mm. do that now because it has two means of borrowing. Okay. Treasury bills, mm. bonds. Now, you've collapsed the bonds market through your domestic debt exchange program. Mm. And so the only market or means you have for short-term liquidity is treasury bills. If you decide to pay less, it will not be attractive for people to bring more money. Because now you need to get that same money you used to get from bonds and treasury bills from only treasury bills. Mm. So how do you attract people? It's to keep the rates high. So that they know that they can buy 91 days and still get their money and still get higher profits. Okay. So until government be, be decide that it is going to re reduce the T-bill rate to, let's say, 28% or 25%, it will be very, very difficult for banks to still borrow to private people around 21 or 25%. Mm. So it means that we cannot start jubilating over the 600 million coming in? Well, 600 million, we can start to jubilate, but, I mean, it will be relative or subjective because 600 million will come to show up the CD. So it will be a good news for all of us. I mean, we're all worried when the CD was jumping in a discrete manner, changing from 12 CDs to 13 CDs to 15 CDs. But we saw some sort of stability in 2023 and we were all happy. Mm. And that is what we want to continue going forward in 2024. And okay. you know, 2024... Let me announce to our viewers that... What you're seeing on your screens now are live pictures from the uh, venue where the, the joint press conference will be happening. I mean, in, in your shot now is Ghana's finance minister, Ken Ofori Atta. And uh, we do expect to see the IMF mm -hmm. uh, officials there and also 
the Ghana. Bank of Ghana uh, governor and his uh, officials also there as well. So, I mean, this is in preparation uh, to hear exactly what they have to tell us uh, when this starts. But I guess that I guess that uh, they will be starting any moment soon, yes, and sir. when they when they start, we'll go there and bring that to you, uh, Prof. So let, let me go to Prof now. Prof, you, you do. Uh, I mean, when I hear you guys speak, I do have the the, the, the sense that well, that I per se cannot start jubilating because six hundred million is coming in because most of the time I'm, I'm borrowing at a very high rate. What needs to change? Prof, please unmute so we can hear you. Hello, Prof. Are you there? Yes. Great. So, I, I mean, like I'm saying, what needs to change so that at least we will see the bearing of, of all of these monies coming from the IMF on the lives of the ordinary Ghanaian? Well, I, I, I think we shouldn't uh, overly concentrate on the trying to meet uh, the conditions and the benchmark set for us uh, because in so doing we will neglect the sensitivity to the business environment uh, by piling taxes on them they transferring that uh, to us in uh, to consumers and there will not be respite to consumers so the government will be talking about uh, reducing inflation and achieving some macroeconomic targets, but that will be just uh, some story in the ears of uh, household and uh, <clears throat> and the business community. Mm. So we need to align. That is what we need to be doing. We see, we seem to be overly concerned about, about satisfying the IMF conditions uh, to the detriment of uh, the benefit of the economy. But, so but, but Prof, if we do not satisfy the, mm, if we do not satisfy the conditions, we are not getting the disbursement, which also comes to show, you know, our, our CD and, and our reserves as well. So we are, we are caught in a fix. But practically, what can we do? No, we are not. We are not caught in a fix. Okay. We need to balance. Okay. There is a way that you can satisfy increase in revenue mobilization by not creating disruptive environment and by not creating a very harsh environment for businesses. Because, uh, as you know, mm. uh, if you create a very harsh environment for businesses, that is transferred to the consumer, and the consumer will not be happy, and the consumer okay. will be distressed by the policies you are implementing. All right, Prof. So, Prof, kindly hold for me. Uh, let's take you to the finance ministry and listen to this joint press conference. Uh, we are listening to the IMF boss, Stefan Rodet, who is speaking now. Adjustment in the fiscal position. Budget sustainability is being achieved by mobilizing domestic revenue and by improving the efficiency of public spending. Importantly, the program includes and will continue to include efforts to protect the vulnerable. For example, the 2024 budget has continued to increase benefits under the existing targeted cash transfer program, the Living Empowerment Against Poverty program, the LEAP. And it also boosted allocations toward the school feeding program. To support adjustments and enhance the resilience to shocks, ambitious structural reforms are being implemented in the areas of tax policy, revenue administration, 
public financial management, as well as to address weaknesses in the energy and the cocoa sectors. To restore public sustainability, to restore public debt sustainability, the government has also made significant progress on its comprehensive debt restructuring. The domestic debt exchange was completed over the summer, and an agreement in principle was recently struck between the government and its official bilateral creditors. The government has continued to engage its uh, private external creditors, and we look forward to seeing progress on this front in the weeks ahead. To control inflation, the Bank of Ghana has taken decisive steps, and these efforts are already paying off. Inflation was almost halved as it declined from 54% in December 2022 to close to 23% last month. Measures to preserve financial stability are also very central to the program. The Bank of Ghana and the government are taking steps to ensure banks rebuild their capital buffers. And last but not least, reforms are being implemented to encourage private investment, growth, and job creation. These are all essential ingredients to address current challenges and boost Ghana's prospects going forward. Ghana's performance under the program has been compelling, both in terms of meeting the quantitative objectives, for example, on budgetary performance, but also in implementing transformational reforms to make the economy more resilient. Importantly, despite the difficult global economic setting, the authorities' reforms are bearing fruit and signs of stabilization are emerging. Growth has proven more resilient than initially envisaged, and indeed we are revising our growth projection for 2023 from 1.5 to 2.3 percent. Inflation is declining rapidly. The fiscal and external positions have improved. Bank of Ghana's international reserves have been increasing, and exchange rate volatility has decreased. Notwithstanding the progress made in recent months, the road to full stabilization and recovery will be gradual. Addressing remain, remaining challenges will require determination and steadfast policy reform and, poli and reform implementation. But today's news marks an important milestone in the road to recovery and towards building a flourishing economy that will benefit every Ghanaian. Thank you. Thank you so much for the brief but very insightful remarks. We'll now move to Dr. Addison. Uh, from the Bank of Ghana, but before I yield to the governor, permit me to acknowledge our media partners who are picking this press conference live. We are live on GTV, Joy News, City TV, TV3, Metro TV, Asasi Radio, Oman FM, ABC News, GH, Wuntumi TV, and streaming on Facebook at Ministry of Information and at Ministry of Finance. Dr. Addison, over to you, sir. Okay, thank you very much, Madam Deputy Minister Abu Bakr. Uh, thank you very much, Stefan, for those initial comments. Uh, before the minister comes in, I would also make a few comments on what the mission chief has just said. During our last interaction, I had stressed on steadfast in commitment from all sides and stated that the Bank of Ghana will work on delivering its mandate on price and financial stability. The recent trends in inflation that the economy has witnessed in the course of 2023 suggest that we are on course. A year ago, at this time, inflation was around 
54%. Through strong and innovative policies, tight monetary conditions, and relative exchange rate stability, inflation has been more than half by the end of 2023 and is currently reported at 23%. Several factors have supported the disinflation process, and these include the monetary policy stance throughout the year, stable crude oil prices, which led to stable fuel prices, with favorable impact on transportation costs, a relatively stable exchange rate environment, stronger foreign exchange reserve accumulation due to the Gold for Reserve program, and favorable climatic conditions on the food supply chain process. Looking ahead to 2024, our expectation is for inflation to ease further, underpinned by continued implementation of sound policies till inflation expectations are firmly anchored towards our single-digit objective. In this regard, the Bank of Ghana will continue to monitor both domestic and external developments and respond appropriately to ensure that the downward inflation trajectory observed in recent months is sustained without undermining growth. The 2023 experience of a strong reduction in inflation and stronger growth is instructive. The banking sector remains sound, liquid, and profitable. The Bank of Ghana will continue to closely monitor banks' capital restoration efforts in line with approved plans, including through support from the Ghana Financial Stability Fund, following the impact of the domestic debt exchange program. We expect early recapitalization to promote banking sector resilience and effective financial intermediation to help speed up macroeconomic recovery going forward. With a successful conclusion of the first review today, we need to begin to think of the second review of the program and beyond. While tentative indications point to sound implementation of policies through to December 2023, vigilance and commitment will be needed in 2024 to undertake all the structural reforms envisaged under the program. Implementation of these reforms to ensure the economy functions well will be critical. I will add, finally, that although a challenging year confronts us, we remain confident about the ongoing economic recovery process and would want to stress the importance of executing the needed structural reforms to support a better functioning of the economy. These reforms will be key in ensuring long-term sustainability of performance. Let me thank all stakeholders who have worked with us collaboratively to get to this point. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Addison, for the inspiring comments and assurances. Uh, we are confident that we are on the right tracks. Uh, on that note, I will yield to the Minister for Finance, Honorable Ken Opuriata, for his remarks. Thank you very much indeed, and, and good evening. Um, and for most of us, um, um, a really um, happy new year. Um, um, so, colleague ministers, um, 
governor, deputy governors, um, the minister of state, um, IMF mission chief um, for Ghana, technical staff of the Ministry of Finance and Bank of Ghana, uh, members of the press, um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, really a great evening um, to you all, and let me welcome you all to the Ministry of Finance. Uh, the purpose of tonight's press conference uh, is really to update uh, our fellow Ghanaians on the implementation of Ghana's IMF-supported post-COVID-19 um, program for economic growth, PCPEC, uh, particularly uh, the first review, and to provide a quick update on the economy and the outlook for the rest of 2024. But I think we've heard um, clearly from the governor on this. Um, in this regard, it is with great honor that I can announce to you uh, that earlier today, the International Monetary Fund endorsed the first review of our program. This is a resounding affirmation that the program is advancing steadily and our reform trajectory remains steadfast. Consequently, the endorsement has unlocked a 600 million US dollar disbursement from the IMF and will pave the way for an additional 300 million disbursement from the World Bank under the Development Policy Operation Financing. The World Bank will meet on January, on Tuesday, January 23rd. In addition, we expect the World Bank to approve $250 million to support the Ghana Financial Stability Fund. These resources in total $1.15 billion will significantly bolster our economic recovery efforts. We are grateful to His Excellency the President of the Republic of Ghana, Nana Adedanko Akufuado, for his unwavering leadership. Uh, we also thank the Cabinet for their moral support and the EMT led by our Vice President Dr. Baumia for their technical support and direction during this process. I also want to thank the Managing Director of the IMF, the Senior Management for the many interventions and the IMF Board for their belief in Ghana and for the support towards ensuring that we reach a deal with the official creditor committee of the Pius Club. To Stefan and the team, we say a big thank you. And to the MOS team, the midwives of our economy, are equal for all the work that you do. The IMF board's approval was facilitated by the debt restructuring agreement we arrived at with official creditors on Friday, 12 January, under the G20 Common Framework for Debt Treatment. And here, um, we would like to truly thank France and, and China for their leadership. Our official creditors occurred, um, concurred on an ambitious rescheduling of all debt service due during the program period and a substantial maturity extension. This agreement grants us a considerable um, cash flow relief during the program period. Ghana will not be making payments on debt service or official bilateral creditors until the end of 2026. In light of this, I extend our deepest appreciation to official creditor committee and their secretariat for their constructive efforts over the past few months. Indeed, we thank the co-chairs of the OCC, France, and China for their tenacity in reaching agreement that establishes the basis for the Memorandum of Understanding. In truth, the agreement to reach of official credit is a powerful vote of confidence in our economic strategy. 
the gains made so far on the implementation of the IMS-supported PCPEP program has been remarkable. Indeed, the IMF described Ghana's recent macroeconomic performance in its press release after the first review as compelling performance. Generally, the macroeconomic environment continues to remain stable. Going forward, strong and ambitious structural reforms will be implemented in the areas of tax policy, public financial management, energy, and cocoa sectors to support our fiscal consolidation and growth agenda. Taking together, today's agreement marks a pivotal milestone for the successful conclusion of our domestic debt exchange program in 2023. The remarkable success of the domestic debt exchange program attributed to the sense of responsibility exhibited by the Ghanaian people and the resilience of our institutions has been acknowledged by the international community as a strong sign of commitment towards restoring debt sustainability. The government is committed to fully implementing the IMF-supported PCPEG, and we have put in place all the necessary implementation arrangements to make sure the program does not derail so we can fully achieve our intended objectives. Now the final crucial step in our strategy involves the restructuring of our commercial debt, particularly our euro bonds. The IMF board's approval of the first review and the recent agreement of official credit set the stage for impending re-engagement with bondholders, which will commence as early as next week. We are working hard to reach agreement with our bondholders in the shortest possible time. We are optimistic that we may arrive at an agreement um, no later than mid-March. Allow me to assure you that we remain steadfast in our commitment to act resolutely. Ultimately, we are showing our resolve that our economy has certainly turned the corner and across the government will focus on attaining a more resilient, transformed economy that delivers higher living standards for our people within the shortest possible time. Ladies and gentlemen, indeed, God has given Ghana victory and greater things he will continue um, to do. So we big thanks to the... from the IMF, an additional $300 million from the World Bank and also $250 million expected from the World Bank towards Ghana's Financial Stability Fund. From the Bank of Ghana, Governor, he mentioned that uh, inflation within the past one year has dropped by over 30 points from 54% to 23%. Also, Ghana minister mentioned that Ghana's economic environment remains stable and Ghana is committed to the implementation of the PCPEC program. On that note, I'll invite friends from the media if you have any questions. This is the best time to ask. If you show by hand, they will bring the microphone to you. You mention your name and affiliation and proceed to ask your question. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I've seen three hands at the back. So if you can send the microphone to them. 
Yeah, honorable congratulations to you and on this milestone. Um, when is the next review? Name and affiliation, please. Come again. Name and my, my name is Echo Moses. I correspond for Bloomberg. Honorable, when is the next review? And Can I go on now? Okay. Can when is the next review and how much disbursement is expected and what conditions are we going to meet or are we expected to meet for the subsequent review? Thank you. Thank you for the question. Yes. My name is George Raffi from uh, Joy FM Joy News. Um, first one goes to uh, Stefan Rodet. I just want some clarity. In your first review, you talked about uh, seeing signs recovery. I haven't seen a change in word in terms of your assessment on the economy. Are we still seeing signs of recovery? Or since your last review and now, what has been the differentiating factor when it comes to the economy and the performance under the program? I want some clarity on that. Is it still signs of recovery? Or we moved on from that phrase in terms of how the economy is fared? Also, what was the board or the staff's concern when it comes to uh, spending an election year, budget overruns, and all the rest? What commitment have you secured from government uh, to ensure that in terms of spending within uh, the approved budget and under the program, you are okay with? And that's the clarity I want from you on that one. Uh, to the finance minister, inflation is trending down. A lot of people are excited about that one. There are concerns that the new round of taxes that are about to be implemented could unwind that slowdown that we are experiencing. They are pushed that maybe government should take a second look at the timing of the implementation and whether some of the taxes can be uh, reviewed as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on these concerns about, i.e., the taxes that are going to be implemented and how that could impact on inflation as well? Thank you. And thank you, George. We can take two more questions. Yes. Hello, good evening. My name is Michael Obudu. I work with TV3. And uh, to the minister, congratulations on this feat. Uh, we know that uh, securing the deal with the OCC was crucial to getting a second tranche approval. Please help us understand. We know earlier you had wanted 30 to 40% haircut. What percentage was secured and how much savings did we make there? And then also, um, We've seen some positive signs with Ghana's Eurobonds since the approval of the, uh, the, the OCC. Some had raised concerns that this whole debt exchange um, will impact investor confidence. Now, what is your response to such people? Thank you. Thank you for the questions. If there are any hands, we'll take the last, okay, for this round. Good evening, Minister. My name is Joshua Amlano with the Business and Financial Times. Uh, my first question has to do with um, we have the expectation to meet does the um, China and um, your commercial creditors. What are your expectations going to that meeting? What do you expect to gain out of the meeting? If you could give us some details going to that meeting. Um, the second question would be uh, given that we've received as a country uh, a moratorium in terms of our debt payments up until 2026 and extension with regards to the maturities. What preparations will be set in place or mechanism will be set in place in order to ensure that beyond 2026, we have the, the strength as a country to be able to make payment when they fall due? Thank you. Okay, thank you for the questions.
thank you very much um, indeed. Moses, um, I think that the next review um, is scheduled for maybe May 1st, 2024, um, and the disbursement is about half of what we have, maybe $360 uh, million. Um, I believe that's what um, it is. Um, why don't I get through my side and then Stefan, I'll, I'll toss it over to you afterwards. Um, um, the OCC, I mean, essentially, you know, almost like a 2.8 billion um, restructuring between 2023 and 2026. Um, so that gives us sort of the fiscal space um, to be able to operate uh, much better and look at our growth um, um, strategy. Um, it's a flow-type um, process, um, so it really um, gives us, you know, um, that necessary um, uh, fiscal space um, to operate, which is important. The expectation um, during this period, as you are talking about post-2026, is that our revenue collection process uh, gets stronger as we've also tightened our expenditure controls. Uh, we can see from um, GRA, uh, I believe it was uh, maybe 57 um, um, billion CDs that um, they were able to raise in 2021. 2022 went up to 75 billion, and then this year they did 114, uh, 113.2 billion. Um, so you can see a gradual increase in strength and therefore it was about 43%, uh, 49% over nominal of the previous year. Our expectation is that with um, VAT, etc., um, by the time we get to that period, um, we'll have adequate resources to be able to meet um, the obligations that you are, you are talking about. Um, Eurobond, what do we expect? Uh, we met... Um, um, the steering committee representative in Marrakesh um, and they gave us a proposal. Um, we also met um, more of the investors um, in London um, somewhere in October in which we kind of broadly outlined um, that we'll be looking for a haircut of some 20 to 40 percent, uh, 20 years and under 5 percent. Um, that took a hit in the market uh, place. Uh, but I think now we all have more information uh, what has happened with the domestic exchange, what the OCC is doing. Um, so that will guide us um, into a resolution that I think will be fair uh, for everyone. Um, so I think we are quite excited. We've been forthright um, in these dealings. Ghana uh, has also bed and shared considerably. Uh, we expect that we'll have uh, very cordial and progressive um, discussions um, going forward. So we are, we are looking um, forward um, to those um, discussions. Um, and really, um, I think um, the program um, so far um, is, is quite clear. It's not only an issue of where we were some time ago, uh, but clearly all of us are seeing uh, the hard work uh, being done, uh, exchange stability, uh, it's clear Bank of Ghana resolute in the monetary policy. Uh, the increased reserve is, is comforting. Uh, and to a certain degree, I know we wanted to go uh, have the board meeting 
in November um, 2022nd of last year. Uh, I believe, uh, as I said, maybe the Lord tarries, but he's never late, and maybe this might be the best time and to have been doing this to give us confidence um, to start the year. Thank you very much. Stefan, over to you. in terms of uh, engagement under the fund program and the next review. So the next review indeed will be the, the second review of the program. Um, it will be a review that assesses performance at the end of December 2023. So we have a quantitative objectives under the program that need to be met for end 2023. And uh, that, that review will assess performance in this context. It will assess performance on reforms as well. It will also revised projections as we do at each review. Um, the, in terms of timeline, uh, we have not uh, discussed with the authorities yet exactly the date of the mission, but um, logically it should take place uh, probably uh, early April, April, I would say, for, indeed with the objective of going to the board uh, in, in, uh, in May or, or early June. Um, so that's the sort of the the, the, the broad uh, timeline that uh, that we have in mind, but we still need to discuss the the, the, the details and, in particular, the, the scheduling of the of the review mission with uh, with the, with the authorities. Um, I wanted to say a few words to respond to George's question about uh, our assessments uh, of economic developments. So that the assessment has not changed. Um, it is the same now than it was during the mission uh, or at the end of the first review mission in early October, except that developments since then have continued to go in the right direction. So the assessment is even more optimistic now than it was, uh, it was at the time, I would say. And the assessment is one of um, coming to the conclusion that there are signs of stabilization in the economy, that inflation is going down very rapidly, uh, that, that the external and the fiscal position are, are turning around, reserves, international reserves are accumulating. Uh, all of that is very, uh, very good sign and more progress since the since the, the review mission in, in October. And then the other part of the assessment is that economic activity is performing better than what we had in mind. And this is why we are revising um, our, our growth projections up in the context of this, uh, in, in this review. Um, a few words about um, uh, expenditure uh, performance in 2024 as the government is, 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 uh, uh, is going into elections. You know, we have objectives under the, under the program, both in terms of uh, spending. Uh, those are codified in, uh, in the budget that was approved by Parliament uh, and, and, and enacted. Um, we have targets, quantitative targets under the program. Uh, performance so far has been good. We hear about the very strong commitment uh, that the authorities uh, have uh, made to, uh, to continue to follow the program uh, objectives, and uh, that makes us quite uh, optimistic, I would say. Maybe I could come in with just a, a response to that last question from uh, George, regarding the impact of taxes 
on inflation. And to say that that is not necessarily uh, the case and that taxes and inflation, uh, if you look at it uh, in a sense, it's a withdrawal of, you know, income that is going to uh, those that are paying the taxes. And to the extent that it helps in the fiscal consolidation process, it should not necessarily lead to an increase in inflation. In fact, the Bank of Ghana would continue to manage the inflation side of, of, of the macro. And if you look at where we are uh, with today's rate of inflation of 23%, we are probably even lower than the monetary policy consultation clause, the lower bound of, of that inflation. And we tried to explain to you why that was the case. We have seen the exchange rate uh, perform rather strongly than initially envisaged. And we have also tried to explain that as partly due to the stronger reserve accumulation that we have seen because of the gold uh, for reserves program. So the increases in taxes should not necessarily lead to higher inflation. In this instance, we expect it to help improve fiscal consolidation and, and therefore help us in bringing overall, you know, macro pressures down. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Addison, Honorable Minister, and Stefan. We'll take the last set of questions. If there are any hands or any follow-ups, this is the best time to ask if there are no hands. Okay, I've seen two hands at the back. Okay, so him first because he's not asked any questions. I just want to confirm or be sure that the next review and the next payout is not related or tied to the whatever happens with the eurobond holders. And then, um, relatedly, the issue of uh, comparability of treatment. Minister, I hear you allude to what happened in the domestic exchange, I mean the domestic side of the debt restructuring relative to what our bondholders should be willing to take. But how is the discussion with the bondholders related to whatever happened with the bilateral creditors in the context of comparability of treatments? Thank you. Cool. All right, just a follow-up. And this is to Stefan and by extension to, to the governor. Stefan, do you think that given these projections you just talked about, do we definitely need to have a very tight monetary policy stance going forward because 30% is really, really high. And if inflation is slowing, is that really uh, any concern to you at all? Thank you. Thank you. I saw two hands here. If you can pass the microphone. Okay, go ahead. Um, just to the, um, the IMF um, chief, um, when should we expect the disbursement of the, um, of the 600 million? Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. The last question. Okay, my name is Mila Telati, CTFM, CTTV. Honorable Minister, are we to expect a reduced appetite for treasury bills, given the fact that you're expecting about 1.15 billion from the IMF and also the World Bank, if you put the disbursement together, are we to expect a reduced appetite from your end? Because the subtractions are happening, yet the yields are high, and the government keeps borrowing, and if it affects uh, the country's debt levels, 
Thank you for the questions, Honourable Minister. Um, thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, Maxwell, I think the, you know, the challenge in all of these negotiations is that they are quite complex and um, uh, it leaves um, sort of depth management um, and negotiating skills to land in a proper way. So it's, it's always very difficult to know. But, but I think one thing that goes um, with negotiations is the issue of trust and whether you've also taken a hit yourself. And I think we have, and we have shown um, that we have um, paid our dues. Um, so we go with um, pretty clean hands. And uh, the issue you referred to is what happened to Zambia. Data went on to get an agreement with them. And the OCC debt was much more than the European borders. I think ours is, is reversed. And uh, we already, you know, put out in October sort of the broad parameters that we are going to look at. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the bonds have been strengthened um, over the weekend. Um, so there's a certain acknowledgement that we are all working in the same direction and how do we strike a deal that will be fair um, to all parties. And really that's the spirit in which um, we, will, we will look at. The issue of comparability of treatment gets very complicated. And at the end of the day, you know, um, some fairness is what we'll have to work at. And we, we would like to, in particular, get a very simple structure um, for for the new instruments that we'll have. Um, so it is um, what we'll be looking to do that. I think elections is a question that keeps coming um, as to whether um, we'll be able to um, keep the horses in the band. Um, and I think, I believe we will. I think we all went through a very difficult 2022 period in which all citizens, all politicians um, saw the devastation that can happen um, when inflation soars and the currency wobbles to the way that it did. Um, so that will be first and foremost um, if you want to look at any strong election victory. So we'll have to, and by the nature of it, you know, work to make sure um, we keep the program in place. Uh, in addition to that, with each review, will be about $360 million, maybe twice this year, possibly. And those will be resources that will be required. Um, so I think we will have to stick to the program to make sure that that release occurs. Um, so those are some of the guardrails that we'll see too. But I think deeply it's going to become um, our own discipline uh, in expenditure, in expenditure uh, management, um, which then will flow into um, city. Um, your question um, uh, about how to then manage um, the whole treasury bill uh, market. Um, I mean, one one of the key issues for us, of course, is the payment of the restructured um, um, debt or the domestic, uh, which will be in February, and we'll get ready for it. But the stronger um, that GRA continues to perform, um, the more um, disciplined we are of our expenses. You know, that pressure um, for more um, public financing uh, will be reduced on the Treasury bill side. Um, so that's what we see. I think the issue of disbursement, um, 
Stefan, it's that question is directly for you. <laughs> Thank you, Minister. So the, the, the 600 million disbursement is really, it's imminent. I believe the, the, the funds should be available to the, to the central bank already. It's, uh, it's a matter of hours, not a matter of, uh, certainly not a matter of, uh, of days or weeks. Um, on the, your question on the, the monetary policy stance, of course, uh, I would like to, the governor will come in on, on, on this. I would say uh, we are very happy about the, the path, the disinflationary uh, path that we are seeing. Uh, inflation is still too high, uh, uh, of course, uh, 20, 23% is, is too high. And so uh, I would say in this context, uh, the, it is important for the central bank to keep a sufficiently tight uh, monetary policy stance. But that does not mean that uh, uh, interest rates should remain at uh, 30% plus for forever. If we continue to see that inflation decreasing, it will suddenly create room for the central bank to, uh, to alleviate the, the burden on that, uh, on, on that front. Um, and that's certainly what we are planning for in the context of the of the program. Our projections also assume that interest rates at some point will be will be lower, um, and that that is consistent with also the projections that we made in terms of uh, inflation continuing to to decrease going forward. Uh, with regard to the link links between the the discussions between the government and the ex its external private creditors and the link between that and the review, I would remind you that, that um, and this is applied already at the time of the, uh, the program approval and, and this morning again at the time of the completion of the first review, that the standard on that front, uh, we applied what we call the landing into official arrears policy. What is very important is that the government engages uh, in good faith negotiations with its external private creditors for our uh, board to be uh, comfortable with uh, with the progress that is being uh, that is being made so that will continue to be the the standard uh, go going forward um, we do hope of course for a rapid conclusion to those uh, to those discussions it's suddenly in the interest of uh, of of Ghana, and we very much uh, uh, hope that good progress can be made uh, in, in in the next few weeks. So let me come to this monetary policy question on whether you know we are going to continue with a, a tight monetary policy stance. As Stefan said, a tight monetary policy stance does not mean that the policy rate has to stay at thirty percent. Uh, the last MPC uh, press conference, we had said that the rate will be tighter for longer uh, to ensure that, you know, inflation expectations are anchored towards uh, a single-digit objective. But that doesn't mean that between getting to the single digits, you would not see, you know, a downward trend in, in the policy rate. We, we expect that the MPC... Uh, would be meeting uh, very soon. And then we would have a discussion on where to, you know, direct the, the decisions on, on, on the policy rate and hoping to provide some guidance on, on, on the market, on the domestic market, particularly uh, the, the auction for the treasury bill. So the decision at this particular MPC meeting, we hope will feed through uh, to the auction uh, after that meeting. Thank you. The IMF Mission Chief for Ghana, Mr. Stefan Rude, the Governor 
of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, the Minister for Finance, Honorable Ken Oferiata. Thank you so much for making time for this important exercise. I would also like to thank our media partners for the live coverage, GTV Joy News, City TV, TV3, Metro TV, Asasi Radio, Oman FM, ABC News, GH, and Wound to Me TV. On that note, I will invite Miss Ruth Botio for the acknowledgments and closing prayers. Ruth, over to you. Thank you, Honorable. All right, so you had the Ghana's finance minister and uh, Stefan Rude, who is the boss of the IMF as well as uh, Ghana's governor of its bank, uh, central bank, uh, all of them talking about this uh, agreement with the IMF board. But there are certain things that we need to, you know, tease out for you, and Kofi Ajay is still here with me. So, Kofi, let's start with uh, what the IMF boss said. What are the things that key things that we need to look out for in any statement? So, first thing that caught my attention mm-hmm. from Stefan Rode, who is the mission chief of mm-hmm. the IMF to Ghana, uh, that, uh, you know, going for the next mm. disbursement or reviews, what will be the condition? Something he said, though maybe he said it indirectly, is that we are supposed to now start to make, you know, very significant progress with our negotiations with our private creditors, mm. which in essence is talking about the commercial or the eurobond creditors that we've submitted that, uh, you know, 20 to 40% haircut on the bonds or principal, that is going to be very difficult. Now, you have to pay attention to some of these key, um, you know, figures that mm. I'm about to mention. Mm. In terms of inflation, for instance, if you look at the uh, press release that the IMF put out, uh, inflation is expected to ease uh, by the end of this year. We are supposed to reach somewhere around 15%. Uh, now we are also looking at you know revenue to gdp ratio the reason why revenue to gdp ratio is because you know government expenditure and revenue uh, mobilization is key to this program uh, we are supposed to increase revenue to gdp ratio for from 15.7 percent last year by the end of this year we should be hitting somewhere around 16.7 you know percent of gdp expenditure mm. commitment in an election year we're expecting that expenditure commitment uh, on commitment basis should come down a bit but we are supposed to see it rise from 20.4 to 21.7 you know, percent and the last one Bruce, let me talk about the debt to gdp ratio mm, mm. which is significant we are okay. expecting to reach about 50 percent but if you look at the estimates we could be ending 2024 with about 83.6 percent of gdp all right uh, let's bring in professor john gachi who has stayed with us all this while uh, uh prof so I mean, you had some sort of expectations before this, this news conference. Uh, what's your view after listening to the, 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 the joint press conference there? Well, nothing has uh, changed so far. Mm. Uh, you will realize that they are much more concerned about um, the macro indicators for them, they see inflation go down. Uh, that is good for them. Uh, they are not speaking so much about how we are going to spread growth, how we are going to ensure inclusive growth, how we are get the productive sector moving. 
how we are going to get manufacturing picking up, those are not the discussion. And, but those are the things that concerns us so much. And it's also very clear that uh, if you listen to the governor and uh, Stefan, uh, it is likely uh, if we take their words, then by the close of the year, we may not see the policy rate going down because they tend to indicate that where we were last year, uh, we have not gotten there with the drop down in inflation. It is when we get there that the inflation rate will be triggering downward trend in policy rate. And that uh, is a, a disturbing uh, comment to make. Also, they are thinking that whatever has been agreed in the budget will be used to measure fiscal discipline. And that is also very problematic because uh, the IMF doesn't have any other tool to use. If you are approved uh, an amount of money for some project and the money is being disbursed to them, you are just executing the budget. And uh, I said during the processing of the budget that there are areas of the budget that when they are approved, expenditure on those areas are the areas that will be used for uh, election year ele- uh, 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 expenditure. So it's not necessary that uh, 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 election year expenditure will be out of the way uh, to be seen glaring. Uh, so, and finally, he indicated the way they are measuring uh, commitments to social intervention and the vulnerable okay. is the increase in the budget uh, for uh, uh, LEAP. Uh, but uh, I bet to differ if you want to deal with the issues. All right. Uh, uh, so that's uh, Professor John Gachida. Grateful for staying through with us. But let's cross over to the Finance Ministry. George, we are engaging another person engaging the Finance Minister. Let's cross over. Maintain the expenditure. Um, and then um, the central bank continues to build its reserves. I think we are going to be fine. It's going to be uh, a flourishing and prosperous year. Thank you. Honorable Minister, the bit about the taxes. Let's go. Well, the, the governor was clear to you that it's not going to be infl- inflationary. Uh, but more important, I mean, um, we have all sorts of tax reliefs that you don't want to talk about. Um, and with regards to um, the taxes um, on electricity, uh, that was um, some time ago. And it doesn't affect, um, you know, um, sort of the lifeline um, tax uh, people. Uh, and so I think we should be all right. The emissions tax, as you know, is really 100 cities a year. That's what we are praying about. 15% You want all of that analysis right now? No. I think we'll be okay. Yeah? Okay. Okay. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that was Ghana's finance minister. And on that note, we are grateful to you for staying through with us here on our special programming of the joint news conference between Ghana's finance ministry, the Bank of Ghana, and the IMF. Well, there will be more of that on Prime Business, which comes right after this. Stay on, and thanks for being a part of us.
are the university with 26 years of excellence in education now in Ghana. We are both the university offering degree programs in health information management, software engineering, network security, and computer forensics. Admission is in progress with up to 50% scholarships for the first 150 students. Locate us at East Ligon near ANC Mall. Call 0302-523782 or WhatsApp 020-990-4714 for more details. Both the university, vibrance, innovation. In life, you sometimes seem to be cruising along. But just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Geico Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare, and finance. Geico, we cushion you for life. Afa, Afa, Simaps can and we promo. Across Africa, a new era has begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with one purpose, to create and share opportunities to grow. Today, we are making a brighter tomorrow, built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. A pan-African future, together. Ecobank, a better way, a better Africa. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it's further. It was That's not true. But why? Hey! 
<laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Delivering prosperity in Africa calls for strong collaborations between African governments and business leaders where enablers of trade and growth are identified and built. Delivering prosperity in Africa calls for actionable and bankable policies that bring value addition to our vast resources. And because delivering prosperity in Africa matters, the Africa Prosperity Dialogues 2024 is themed Produce, Add Value, Trade. Join African heads of state and top business leaders from the 25th to the 27th of January at the Pedriasi Presidential Lodge, Ebury Hills, Eastern Region, Ghana. On the evening of the 26th of January, there will be the Africa Prosperity Champions Awards and Gala Dinner at the Kempinski Hotel, where African and global African leaders will be celebrated and awarded. Africa Prosperity Dialogues 2024, delivering prosperity in Africa. Back in the day, I was Ghana man, but something was missing until I found the one. HD Plus is not your regular free-to-air decoder. For a small fee, you get to experience great services and exciting world of content. Dial star 879 hash on your mobile phone and subscribe for as low as 290 CDs. Hash them. This one is different. The images are five times clearer in HD picture quality. And I'm loving the feely-feely experience. Ah, HD Plus. I love you. But I'm still here. <laughs> HD Plus for better for less. That's right. Get your HD Plus decoder from any Electroland outlet or our dealer shops. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Welcome to Prime Business with me, Emma Davis. A look at our stories. Finance Minister Kendo Furiata optimistic the disbursement of the $600 million from the IMF will stimulate economic growth. Let's listen to him. Because we are also fortunate to be able to uh, extend the cut-off date to December 2022, it puts um, all of the projects um, uh, in play in a sense that we can now get into bilateral discussions 
and, and therefore they are all encouraged to begin to release uh, the resources that are required for them. So we are in a good place uh, for that uh, engine to be cranked uh, for us to see um, the jobs back and the projects uh, being done. Um, so that's a good part. So that's a surety that. that because financial management, energy, and cocoa sectors to support our fiscal consolidation and growth agenda. Taking together today's agreement marks a pivotal milestone in the successful conclusion of our domestic debt exchange program in 2023. The remarkable success of the domestic debt exchange program attributed to the sense of responsibility exhibited by the Ghanaian people and the resilience of our institutions has been acknowledged by the international community as a strong sign of commitment towards restoring debt sustainability. The government is committed to fully implementing the IMF-supported PCPEG, and we have put in place all the necessary implementation arrangements to make sure the program does not derail so we can fully achieve our intended objectives. Now the final crucial step in our strategy involves the restructuring of our commercial debt, particularly our euro bonds. The IMF board's approval of the first review and the recent agreement of official credit set the stage for our impending re-engagement with bondholders, which will commence as early as next week. We are working hard to reach agreement with our bondholders in the shortest possible time. We are optimistic that we may arrive at an agreement um, no later than mid-March. Allow me to assure you that we remain steadfast in our commitment to act resolutely. Ultimately, we are sure in our resolve that our economy has certainly turned the corner and across the government will focus on attaining a more resilient, transformed economy that delivers higher living standards for our people within the shortest possible time. Ladies and gentlemen, indeed, God has given Ghana victory and greater things he will continue um, to do. So we give thanks to the On his part, IMF Mission Chief Stefan Rode says macroeconomic indicators are showing signs of recovery, hence the disbursement of the $600 million. also made significant progress on his comprehensive debt restructuring. The domestic debt exchange was completed over the summer, and an agreement in principle was recently struck between the government and its official bilateral creditors. The government has continued to engage its uh, private external creditors, and we look forward to seeing progress on this front in the weeks ahead. To control inflation, the Bank of Ghana has taken decisive steps, and these efforts are already paying off. Inflation was almost halved as it declined from 54% in December 2022 to close to 23% last month. Measures to pre preserve financial stability are also very central to the program, the Bank of Ghana and the government are taking steps to ensure banks rebuild their capital buffers. And last but not least, reforms are being implemented to encourage private investment, growth, and job creation. These are all essential ingredients to address current challenges and boost Ghana's prospects going forward. 
Ghana's performance under the program has been compelling, both in terms of meeting the quantitative objectives, for example, on budgetary performance, but also in implementing transformational reforms to make the economy more resilient. Importantly, despite the difficult global economic setting, the authorities' reforms are bearing fruit and signs of stabilization are emerging. Growth has proven more resilient than initially envisaged, and indeed we are revising our growth projection for 2023 from 1.5 to 2.3 percent. Inflation is declining rapidly. The fiscal and external positions have improved. Bank of Ghana's international reserves have been increasing, and exchange rate volatility has decreased. Notwithstanding the progress made in recent months, the road to full stabilization and recovery will be gradual. Addressing remain, remaining challenges will require determination and steadfast policy reform and, poli and reform implementation. But today's news marks an important milestone in the road to recovery and towards building a flourishing economy that will benefit every Ghanaian. Thank you. Thank you so much for... Meanwhile, economist Professor Peter Corte wants government to advance the funds to sectors that will stimulate growth. Million dollars is good money. It will help shore up our forest uh, reserves. Um, so the money will go to Bank of Ghana, who will then uh, convert the local currency for government to settle some of its obligations. So. With the inflow, certainly money is like the engine or the oil of every engine. Once money flows in, it, it lubricates the engine, and, and therefore the economy is likely to, to pick up based on this. Uh, some uh, contractors or creditors that are owed, I believe some of these monies will go to settle them. Um, there are some stalled road projects. Um, I believe some of these funds will also go into that. So the inflow itself is positive. Um, um, and, and it's going to stabilize the uh, foreign exchange uh, quite a lot. It's also going to help, uh, you know, the rate inflation is also linked to the, uh, uh, you know, the exchange rate. When the exchange rate is relatively stable, we see inflation also behaving in that manner. So it has broader macro implications for the economy. And when government is spending, it, pro it promotes further spending, it, it puts money in people's pockets, it helps. Uh, create more jobs, uh, etc. So this influence quite critical. Mm. Then also speculators. You know, when the uh, there is a deadlock and the funds are not flowing in, some speculate and speculate that look, uh, uh, government is going to be cash trapped. There's not going to be enough forests to, to to support imports. Mm. So they convert local currency into uh, foreign currency and hoard. So that puts unnecessary pressure on the exchange rate. And, and that, that can also have negative repercussions on the economy. So, on um, a whole, the inflow uh, is positive because it, it brings more money into the system, stabilizes the exchange rate, as well as um, reduces the turbulence on, on prices and, and inflation. What about the expectation of the business community? Well, the chief executive of the Ghana Association of Banks, Johnny Watt, tells Joy Business that developments may go a long way to improve the environment to support their operations. Any good progress on the IMF 
that program is good for the economy. Why did we go into this program in the first place? That we perform, we meet certain benchmarks, and you know, IMF will respond by providing the funding to help us you know, sustain our operations in terms of the, 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 the economy. Um, so to the extent that, um, of course, we've had some delays already, um, but better late than never, we are told that the funding is almost imminent. And when it comes, it you know, adds up to our reserve portfolio in terms of a country foreign currency reserves. And the central bank will be um, more capacitized to be able to intermediate or mediate or intervene in the FX market, make sure that when there are hiccups or pressures in the FX environment, you know, they provide the needed assistance to weather the storm. So um, the IMF program and the success um, that we are all looking for is for the good of the economy. And as banks, um, as participants in the economy, um, we are residual carriers of risk in the environment. And if that program enables these risk factors to go down, it means that the potential for us having some hiccups along the way is also, uh, will also be minimized and that should be good for the banking system. As you try and wrap up on this internet, another critical thing which I want to get from you has to do with the, what this also will mean for your international partners and credit lines and also international transactions and other because just three weeks ago, a month ago, I engaged some businesses who said that the uncertainty about even us getting this bilateral deal closed and even the next tranche saw some brief hold on a lot of international transactions as well. For these commercial banks, your international partners, international lines as well, and this also de-risking that concern, how would that also mean uh, for the banks going forward? Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, um, global markets, you know, relies very much on information and uh, confidence in that information and trust in that information. So if you said we're going to meet certain ben- benchmarks by certain periods, I'm sure there were some people who were holding us to those performance benchmarks. So any delays may, will not be um, um, a good development for the country. And that is why, you know, the, with the update that we have received, we are happy because the market needs that kind of information, they need that confidence, that trust, that when we say we are going to do this, um, uh, we'll do whatever it takes. Let's now listen to the Great Accra Regional Chairman of AGI, Chona Makpalu, who is optimistic the release of the funds will positively impact the exchange regime, which will improve the business environment. A lot of, about 70% of all the, the things we use, we have to import. Raw materials, essentially, we have to import. As you make a decision to import, the next thing is to buy dollars, hard currency. And so the stability of the currency becomes very crucial for us because we need to go to the market to buy the dollars. And the, the only way the currency is stable is if we have some of this cushion, the confidence in the economy and also the demand and supply of the currency. An inflow of that type of money will help us to achieve some level of stability. And also, once we can achieve stability, then it allows us to plan, plan our, uh, our purchasing orders and plan the, the goods that we are able to uh, import, especially the, the cost of it. So really, it's, it's a good thing, at least in the short term. So our view is that the, the, the government should just take steps to ensure that this confidence is sustained so that it allows us to plan at least for the, short, the medium 
and the long term. Because as it is now, mm. if you're if you're planning for here, I can guarantee you that may be out of gear because you are unable to tell how stabilized the economy will be in terms of the currency. But some of these interventions, especially an IMF program and that type of money coming in, will help us in a long way to plan, to plan and create six-month plan and, and one-year plan. All right. With the assumption the currency will be stabilized for some time. Agency Fitch has pushed forward the timeline for Ghana to emerge from default on its foreign currency debt to half year of 2024 instead of end of the year. This follows the successful debt restructuring agreement with bilateral creditors last Friday. In its latest rating outlook for sovereigns and banks in Africa, the UK-based firm said the country's domestic debt exchange program was successfully done, clearing most default risk. Toby Illis is the head of Middle East and Africa Sovereign Ratings. Regarding Ghana, uh, Ghana requested a common framework treatment more than a year ago, December 2022. They have reached an agreement with the official credit committee um, last Friday. Uh, so the next steps are this, this agreement needs to be translated into an MOU and then they need to seek an agreement with private creditors uh, on comparable terms. Um, given that uh, discussions with private creditors have been handed in parallel with the discussions with official creditors, um, we also assume um, that uh, Ghana uh, potentially would move out of default on the foreign currency side um, in, in the first half uh, of this year, or at least uh, Realistically speaking, yeah, in 2023, in 2024, sorry. Senior finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, says he expects the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana to reduce the policy rate as it heads into its first meeting for the year next week. The business community has called for a reduction in the policy rate, citing inflation decline. But some analysts have cautioned against any knee-jerk reaction. However, Dr. Amwa says the decline in inflation should send a positive signal for the policy rate to be eased. He spoke to my colleague, Jesse Agbapo, who also asked him about Fitch Solutions' projection of the policy rate reaching 22% by the end of the year. Very possible that the policy rate reduction of 800 basis points will happen by the end of year. This is simply because inflation rates for the past three months or four months have been declining. And if you look at the factors that influences the policy rate, inflation is a major factor. So with the economy turning around and inflation rate declining, it will go a long way to reduce the MPC rate. We should not also forget that once the MPC rate reduces, the Ghana reference rate will also see some reductions because the MPC rate is about 40% in the weightings that goes into the Ghana reference rate. When that happens, low rates or being equal will also decline accordingly going forward. So we should be expecting that as inflation keeps on declining, the monetary policy rate will also decline. Hence, Ghana reference rate will decline and then cost of borrowing will also decline.
generally what would that mean for the economy talking about the rural sector okay so for the economy once you have mpc rate declining kind of reference rate will decline banks will have to readjust their rate on loans down individuals will have funds or salaries to take care of their families so if the trend should go on the way we are seeing it then it will be good for the economy the mpc meeting by the central bank will take place next week and with inflation coming down in december what are your projections okay with the rates and how the inflation rates have been declining it is very possible that the monetary policy committee will reduce the mpc rate we have gone through three successive declines in inflation and that should inform the monetary policy committee to be sure and be confident that rates within the economy or price levels are declining hence they will also have to look at their model and then to reduce the monetary policy rate so i am expecting a reduction in the monetary policy rate in the next monetary policy briefing to the press so inflation has reduced over the months but people have been calling for a reduction in prices of goods and items but some business associations are lamenting the fact that other factors are accounting for the high prices so do you think people calling for reduction in prices is good at this time because business associations are also talking about the fa- other things that are making the cost of business very high you know when it comes to the price makeup of an item you have the input side where the suppliers of this product or the manufacturers of the product goods and services that we consume will have to pay for now the current items you are buying from the shops and on the market have been paid for with inputs that the suppliers and the manufacturers paid for some months back when inflation was high until we have a sustained reduction in inflation it will be difficult for businessmen and women manufacturers and producers to quickly reduce prices we should not also forget that the fact that inflation is on a downward trend doesn't mean that price levels are not increasing price levels are increasing but it's just that the rate at which they are increasing is what is declining so those of us who go to the shops to buy what we'll be seeing in the short term is that you are going to be seeing a slower pace of price increases going forward than it used to be in the past there's going to be price stability going forward than it used to be in the in the past it's not going to be the case that prices are going to decline from let's say 10 cities to 8 cities to 7 cities that will only happen in a situation where we have had a sustained de- inflation most importantly deflation that we can think about that but the way it is we have price stability and not reduction in prices so the economy is looking good at least prices have been stable relatively we are hoping that 2024 we are going to see a lot of you know stability on our macroeconomic front interest rate exchange rate crude oil prices if we are able to get some level of stability in these macroeconomic indicators and we also are able to have what we call you know um, enough revenue in terms of tax revenue with the discipline promised from the government are not to overspend in election year 
then 2024 will be a good year. On the other hand, if we are not able to see the much-needed stability on the macroeconomic front, and the government is not able to mobilize enough revenue, then things will not be so different from what we had in the past going forward. Still with the economy, as Ghana's economy is bedeviled with deficits at both the economic and infrastructure levels. Currently, only 25% of the rural population has access to roads. However, the founder and chief executive of Noel Tego and Company, Professor Noel Tego, says it is high time the private sector takes on bold initiatives for the public good rather than wait on the government to infrastructure development within their communities or industries. Thinking about what politicians should do for us. See, we need politicians to set up both the hard infrastructure and the soft infrastructure for Africa to work. But if they don't do it, we shouldn't just throw our hands in the air and say, they don't do it, so, so we kill ourselves, we're going to die. No, we shouldn't. What we've got to... But we lag behind in some of those things. And so, by all means, pressurize politicians to do so think about that, be trusted enough to be able to come into their council to do that. But if they don't do that, we've got to do something ourselves. Look at how Ghanaians have solved their own private problems. You see, where you, Ghanaians, uh, particularly the, the wealthy people, where the roads are bad, they buy four-wheel drive cars. Where uh, there are uh, no lights, they buy generators. Where schools are bad, they send their uh, kids to uh, other schools. Where there's no security, they fence their houses and have electric fencing over there. This is what I call privatized solutions to public uh, problems. But if they, pull, if they can do that and they pull together, we can make government irrelevant or politicians irrelevant. And no politician wants to be irrelevant. So they see you doing something, they want to come and do it with you. And that is how we get uh, movement in terms of that. That'll be all for Prime Business tonight with me, Emma Davis. For more business news, do log on to myjoyonline.com. Have a good evening, but I leave you with international business.